Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. This week on the show, we're going to talk about some pretty significant events that are happening on the planet. One is celebrating the life of Guru Nanak, and the other is taking a brief look at what is happening in Punjab in northern India and the relationship with the government and the farmers there and some of the challenges and why it's important to everybody not just Sikhs, not just people who are of Indian descent, but the whole world. So uh, very important uh, topics on the podcast today. And also in, in relationship to the two, I want to share some of my journey for those of you who are newer listeners to the podcast um, and those of you who are more seasoned veteran listeners. Um, it's always nice to revisit why I do what I do and to share it openly with all of you. So thank you so much for being here and for listening in. If you are listening to the audio version, please know that you can get the video version on YouTube. Just head to youtube.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh. The episodes come out on Thursdays. Uh, the audio versions come out on Fridays, wherever you listen to podcasts. So Spotify, uh, Apple Music, where, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. If you love what we do, please rate us, review us, and send us out to your friends or talk about us at dinner parties or uh, however you are interacting with people, share us on your social media platforms. That allows us to reach more people. And I'm really focused in on uh, trying to broaden the reach with the work that we do and to collaborate and educate with people out there. So if you feel called to, if you'd like to be interviewed on the podcast, if you'd like to become a supporter in some way, you'd like to make a donation, um, you'd like to become a sponsor of the show, whatever way you feel called. If you've been listening, we've been doing this for a few years now. So if it's something that is valuable to you, I would invite you to get involved in some way. And you can just reach out to me. Uh, just email tiagoprem at thedharmatemple.com or uh, tiagopremsingh at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram, wherever you can find me. Even DM me on YouTube. Why not? Um, so yeah, we're, we're really looking at extending our ability to connect and share. So thank you longtime supporters. Thank you new supporters for being here. Uh, it's definitely something that I love sharing this work and I'm just learning new technology, um, extending out, expanding out into video and continuing to deliver great sound. So thank you so much for being here. Want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Thank you to Minds Die. Minds Die makes hand-dyed fabrics, custom fabrics, a lot of my dustars and turbans, uh, hoodies. She can make kimonos, bedsheets, totally custom, totally unique, one of a kind. Um, I, I really, really love her work. So please check out the Minds Die on the Etsy store or also check out Minds Die on Instagram. Also, our other sponsor is uh, Seed Apparel. Seed makes hemp pants that are super stretchy, super stylish. They come in all kinds of different colors. Uh, they're sustainably farmed. They're sustainably put together. You could put them in the ground and they would turn in, into dirt and decompose. Um, it's not fast fashion. It's, it's healthy fashion. And they've been a supporter for the show for some time now. So thank you, Seed, for all you do. If you want to learn more about Seed, head over to theseedstore.ca or check out I Am Seed on Instagram. So let's start at one, uh, just like uh, in the Sikh tradition, many of the writings that you find in the Siri Guru Granth Sahib, which is the 
uh, sacred texts of the Sikhs, amongst many other sacred writings and texts. But this one is the Guru in, in form. And uh, many of the writings start with Ek, Ek Ankar. So start with one. And so start with one today means uh, Guru Nanak. And Guru Nanak, why is it important that we remember Guru Nanak during this time? Well, if you're a Sikh, Sikh means student, and then, you know, that's your teacher. So it's important to remember Guru Nanak for, for that reason, to remember your teacher. But I would like to take it even further and widen the lens a little further uh, to include everyone, whether you are a Sikh or a Punjabi or a non-Punjabi Sikh, American Sikh, wherever you're uh, relating to Guru from. But for everybody, no matter how you identify, I believe that what Nanak is is important during this time. And, and here's a couple of reasons why. One is, I was explaining this to our eight-year-old daughter, so I'll keep it very simple. And you may have seen this on my social media this week. But one is the emphasis on meditation. Um, look what's happening in our world right now. Look at the challenges around anxiety and stress. Uh, tonight on True Seekers, I'm going to talk about burnout and stress and, and emotions and how we can learn to work with these aspects of our being. Um, but meditation, that is so crucial. And, and the beauty of what Nanak shared with us around meditation is, is there are many aspects of it, but to, to keep it succinct, uh, those are to find some way of connecting with the interconnectedness or the interdependence of all of life. Uh, whether that's spending time with nature or grow your own food or sitting quietly or play an instrument or sing. That's a big one for me, you know, sing um, through sound. Some, do something on a regular basis. Make it a priority in your life so that you can feel that underneath the noise individually, the noise of your busy mind, and the noise of the busy collective mind underneath, there's an intelligence that is uh, just takes your breath away. And, you know, if you're someone who's new to meditation and you just hear that and you think, oh, geez, like, how do I do that? Or, or think like that meditation is somehow easy and doesn't require any effort. It, it does require effort, but it's like a relationship or a marriage. And, there's a lot of writing about this in the Sikh tradition, which resonates with me. It's like when you're falling in love with someone, you know, at first you may have an experience, like say you go to a yoga class and you feel quite good. Um, and, and then you, so you practice for a little while longer and you still sort of get that feeling. Um, but maybe there are parts of it that become challenging. Like it's hard to wake up in the morning or it's hard to get to class or you're busy or, or you start like obsessing about whether you did or didn't practice. And it's the same sort of thing in relationships. It's like learning all of these different aspects of the practice of your relationship to guru. Or if, if that uh, term is challenging for you, that intelligence that is underneath all of life that causes the sun and moon to move in the sky. I was walking this morning very early at about five o'clock and the moon was so bright. And it was, you know, just being, I mean, I listened to my prayers, but just being in the presence of this glowing moon when most of the world around me is asleep is a reminder 
of the great intelligence that is in all of life. And if I were to just wake up and scroll Instagram and then like have a coffee and go to work, I may forget the brilliance of the moon. So that's the idea is like cultivating a lifestyle where you're remembering the intelligence, the wonders of life and making that a priority through meditation. And, and one thing that was very dear to Nanak and to the Sikh tradition and to people from many traditions is the relationship to sound. Sing about the moon. I mean, we have songs about the moon, right? Uh, sing about the beauty of this life. Sing about your challenges. Take what's inside of you, whether it's um, joyful emotions or whether it's challenging emotions, Take what's inside of you and bring it outside of you through art and through sound to be inspired to connect more deeply with that intelligence. So that's one thing, the importance of meditation. But it's not so much a meditation about like ticking a box or um, someday if I meditate enough, then I'll get a prize. It's, it's not so much about that. It's more about uh, cultivating presence and being aware of what's happening in front of you and inside of you and and facing the challenging parts too. It's not like, oh, if I meditate, then all my problems will go away. You'll continue to have problems, but your relationship to the problems will uh, be a wider lens of experience because you're incorporating a connection to the wonders of life on a regular basis, if that makes sense, right? Find some way. You know, even uh, today I was making my bed uh, when I came home. I was got my, get my daughter ready to go, and um, my partner went for a swim, cold swim in the ocean this morning. And that's a great way, right, to connect to the wonders of life. So she had gone, and I just returned from my uh, walk and was doing all the things to get our daughter ready for uh, the day and ready for school. And I was making my bed. And I just had a moment where I just said, Waiguru, or dear sweet teacher, thank you for this bed. That, and it was a bed that was gifted to us, this beautiful big bed that was gifted to us by some dear friends. And I was just like, thank you so much for this bed that I have somewhere to rest and to sleep. Thank you so much. And that's a connection to the wonders of life. Then the next thing that we learned from uh, Guru Nanak was to work hard <laughs> but sometimes you hear that word and you think like there's value on like if you do more you're better it's not so much about that so let's 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 pivot on the uh that's the one of the words of 2020 let's pivot on the working hard and let's call it um work efficiently or or work with a, an awareness of who you are in relationship to your job so, you know, I love the word benevolence, like showing up in a way that it's like, how can I serve the whole? How can I? Because the thing, here's the thing about self-care. A lot of uh, people talking about self-care in this day and age is that self-care, uh, if it's something that you are attempting to do on your own with no support, um, it's going to be very challenging to really reap the benefits of that self-care. Self-care requires a community or a sangit. It requires some people who really believe in you or really care about your well-being, maybe even more than you care about your well-being, who are there to um, help 
create space and we do it for each other, create space for healing to take place, create space for us to move through our emotions. Emotions have a beginning, a middle and an end. So provide us with the opportunity, the space, you know, um, whatever it is we might need, just some, some, some support or motivation to move through the beginning, the middle and the end. Because when we get stuck in the emotion, that's where uh, the mind starts turning and we lose sight of the wonders of the world. We lose sight of our meditation. We lose sight of our gratitude. We lose sight of our connection and our community. So, you know, this is the honest part of work is uh, supporting one another to do honest, heartfelt work so that we can move through. And it doesn't matter what field of work you're in. This applies to everybody if we can support each other to move through our emotions so that we don't get stuck, so we can continue to see the interconnectedness of all of life. And we're also facing a lot of struggles with that right now. A lot of people getting stuck in their emotions, including me. Wow, it's been really challenging since March. And I've been blessed to have community that really loves me and loves the work I do and a family that really is checking in and making sure I'm okay. And and I'm doing my best to be that for, for other people. And that to me, that is honest work. And, and supporting people whose uh, voices have been uh, marginalized by systemic uh, racism or systemic oppressive uh, ways of thinking. I heard recently uh, Sonia Renee Taylor, who I love, I love her work. She said, every time you go into comparison, you're a cog in the wheel of oppression. And I thought, oh, that's very interesting. And, and to me, that relates directly to what we're talking about with Nanak is honest work. How can I uplift and amplify my community whose voices need to be heard during this time? How can I do my very best to be honest and to serve, to live from a place of truth? And Nanak encouraged that. In fact, he was even imprisoned in his life for standing up against injustices at the time. And that's a part of uh, our faith as Sikhs. But I think it's a part of being human, regardless of what your belief systems are. Can we uh, show up in an honest way where we're making a conscious effort to meet the world with a warm heart, um, to stand up for truth and rights, even when it's uncomfortable, especially when it's uncomfortable? That's honest work. And then the, the third thing I want to say about Nanak as we celebrate him during this time and why I think it's important that we all uh, kind of check in about these three areas and check in with ourselves and check in with our children and check in with our communities. Uh, the third part is a practice of generosity. Am I in my relationships looking for what can I get out of this or am I looking for how can I show up and, and make this exchange transformational or make this exchange uplifting or make this exchange so that I'm not dumping. Uh, my partner was telling me this beautiful story about a fire ceremony she was at for the full moon. And it was this reminder that when you go to the fire in the full moon and you're going to burn away, you know, something that isn't serving some behavior pattern, something that's just been uh, a block so that you're not able to hear or see your connection to the wonder, right? The wonder of life, the goddess, however you understand it. Um, so I've had that experience and you dump your thing into the fire 
and and she was reminding me of this beautiful teaching that it's it's an exchange it's not a dumping so it's not just dump your crap in the fire and then off you go it's remembering and and patanjali talks about this in the yoga sutras it's like the exchange is okay i'm going to release this and invite this that's the exchange so you know if i'm going to release if i'm in a relationship with another person and i'm going through a hard time and every time i talk to them it's about my problems and uh, and the struggles of the world and and i'm just dumping it on the person um i there's a miss there in the practice of generosity we think about generosity as like you know just giving away your things and not having attachments and i that's true but there's another side to it too where there's an exchange where it's like how are you are you open to sharing uh, some of the experiences that i've had and really being there for each other and listening to each other and hearing each other rather than uh, just being like well this affects me and if you don't get it too bad for you or 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 even you know a little more toxic is like well you're not connected to this and you're not listening so you're bad can we move more into a heart space where we recognize that we're all dealing with pain it's our pain we're all dealing with challenge during this time and can we create an exchange where we're sharing our challenges and we're also sharing our joy and our solutions and we're doing it in community even if we're being mandated that we can't be together so can we practice generosity in our relationships and our communications and also in the relationship to our material things because one of the beautiful things i've learned from uh, practicing this dharma is that everything in the physical realm is maya which means not just you know attachment to things but attachments to ideas attachments to people can we create a levity by releasing the need to dump releasing the need to control releasing the need to um yeah controls a big one you know and and just surrender and openly be in communion openly be in sharing with each other and there are going to be times when we we may not be able to do that and if we're really starting to pay attention through the meditation as we said through making a conscious effort to do honest work we'll notice when we're dumping i notice it you know i have some brilliant beautiful friends who i can reach out to any time if i have a problem and uh I, sometimes i forget to reach out to them and see how they're doing and that's the beauty of the generosity and the exchange and the warm-heartedness and even if it's not in words just bringing them into my prayers and bringing them into my and not prayers like i have to let them know that i'm praying for them uh more just like holding them in a space of blessing and in a frequency of blessing and also doing the same for myself and my practice and these are some of the beautiful things uh that i learned through studying gurunanak and spending time uh with his writings and with sound and 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 i think these apply to all of us and, and these are universal teachings so uh happy guru prab to an, anyone who is celebrating the life of gurunanak and if uh, that's not something that you're doing uh, that's that's great i hope you benefit from listening to these uh, three beautiful teachings and when i explained to my daughter i said very simply here's three tenets that i learned from our teacher gurunanak first i said when you see someone with a turban 
quite often there'll be a seek, and seek means student, a student of Vernonic, a student of the infinite. So just a reminder so that when people ask, oh, why does your dad wear a turban? They can, she can speak to that. Uh, but also remembering not everyone who wraps their head is a Sikh, so that's uh, also uh, something to be conscious and aware of. And, and then uh, explaining to her these three things. One, meditate. Meditate on the wonders of this life. Often through sound, sing. Let your boy, voice be free. Um, and then, uh, secondly, you know, we talk about PMA in, in the Sikh tradition. They call it Chardi Kala. And I grew up around hardcore music, and, and the PMA is positive mental attitude. So keeping a positive mental attitude in your work. And it's not a phoniness. It's just like a, a gratitude for being here. And like when she cleans her room, I'll say something like, you know, this, how long this takes really is up to you and, and your attitude towards it. If you don't really don't want to do it and you get down about it and you kind of fight w with it and turn your nose up at it, it's going to take longer and it's not going to feel good. But if you go like, okay, this has to get done. I don't really want to do it. I'm going to put on some good music. I'm going to face it with some PMA and gather my strength. Then it's going to move a lot smoother. And then lastly, uh, share. There's a story by Robert Munch. Anybody out there listen to Robert Munch? He's a, a great storyteller that I grew up around, and my daughter's now listening to his stories. But it's a story about these kindergartners, and, and it's about the teacher saying to them, this is kindergarten, and in kindergarten, we share. We share everything. <laughs> so she definitely got that one from listening to the story. So just practicing generosity. And it doesn't mean, you know, like oversharing. It's, it's not about that, you know, where you deplete your capacity to show up and serve. It's about sharing from a place of uh, seeing the interconnectedness of life, taking care of yourself with great care and compassion, but recognizing that in order for self-care to really happen, it takes a community. And learning to, to play both sides, to be there to support the ones you love and also to be supported. Cool. So thank you, Guru Nanak, for uh, these beautiful teachings. And, and they are universal teachings that show up in many places. Um. The next thing I wanted to touch on was uh, my relationship to Sikhi. And uh, some of you know who are longtime listeners, this has not always been an easy path for me um, because I didn't grow up with it. And uh, it just keeps coming into my life. And I've tried over and over to ignore it. <laughs> I mean, not consciously, but uh, I've just noticed, I've experienced what it's like uh, to wake up early, to do my prayers, to wrap my head. Um, and, and also what the, how it connects me to being a social activist and to being an environmental activist and uh, to a community that loves me and supports me and, and that community that is global and, um, and then the principles that I shared today and how the connection to the sound and, and learning to read Gurmukhi and learning to speak Punjabi and going to Punjab and all of these uh, aspects of the practice that I do um, I notice when I'm doing those things, I feel a deeper connection to that sense of wonder, which is why I know that I'm a student in this realm. And as a student, I'm rebellious and I'm stubborn 
and I don't know everything and I get confused and uh, it's just learning that that's okay. Like I, it doesn't have to be perfect. It takes time to learn your relationship to it and just trust that you're being guided and that whether you are on the line or off the line, it's a part of the practice. I'm always saying that to yoga students who, you know, they want to develop a sadhana or they want to learn to read the japji or they want to have a consistent breath or meditation practice, whatever it might be. And, and the struggle is around commitment often uh, or structure, excuse me, or structure. And it's such a beautiful reminder uh, to know that when you're doing it and when you're not doing it, it's, those are both part of the practice because you're learning about how the practice works and how it applies to you. It's like uh, one of my mentors said, like, uh, you know, I struggled with, I was like, oh, do I grow my beard? Do I not grow my beard? I feel like this beautiful devotion to this practice and I feel called to do that. But it, there's like social pressures and relationship pressures and, and you know, all this mental blah. And he, you know, he, he was just like, why are you worried so much about that? You know, you're just learning who you are in relationship to this. You don't have to have it perfect or it's not, don't even worry about it. Just do your meditation, do the things that really work and trust that where you're meant to be, you'll be and just stop gripping so much. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh yeah. And it's such a funny thing because it's like, I know that, um, but uh, I'm, you know, it's a part of working out my karmas, I guess, of the need for approval and um, the challenge with like learning to be yourself and, and listening to your inner voice um, as opposed to the voice of society or the voice of uh, needing, you know, in this, I, I had shared in, on social media this week, like for Guru Prabh was um, in, a in a world of clicks, likes, and follows, the only approval I seek is yours. And for somebody who has religious baggage or something to that effect, they hear that and they think, oh, geez. But I think it's important to remember when I say that, that there is an understanding that when God, Guru, and self are in alignment, and I'm not fighting against that, I'm surrendering and moving with it, really the only approval is yours, it's I'm talking to myself, I'm talking to Nanak in me, I'm talking about the part of me that doesn't know it can't, I'm talking about the, the inner knower, that's my teacher, and it's ultimately who I am, we are one, we are and it's when I'm fighting against that, that I see myself as separate from that, that uh, I get caught up in the likes and the follows and the, it, will I be accepted and is it okay? And, you know, thinking, 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 like uh, Nanak says, uh, Socha, Socha Nahovi, at the beginning of Japji Saab, that by thinking and thinking, nothing happens. It just creates a, a bunch of stuff to work through which is what yoga is for too, or I think any kind of spiritual practice is recognizing who you are. And so I'm learning how to do that. And, and I don't in any way feel that, you know, ev everyone else should walk the same path as me. Or, And I know that can be challenging for some people, especially in the realm of uh, likes and clicks and follows. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to wear a turban or grow a beard or I'm not uh, from Punjab or I'm not from India or I'm this religion 
or I don't believe in God, and so that's not going to land for me. And I think it's so important to remember that these are universal principles that anyone can connect to if we can just see beyond the surface. It's our hang-ups with the surface that are causing all of the problems. You know, what if I could really get to know this person and why they do what they do? And then I could learn to uh, respect and honor their practice, whatever that might be, because I can see who they are. and I can see through the eyes of the guru. I can see through a warm heart. Takes practice, doesn't it? And then that brings me to what's happening in Punjab. And, um, you know, what, what ha the Green Revolution in northern India, and by the way, I, I'm not a historian. Um, I've been on pilgrimage in Punjab, and this is a spiritual practice for me. And I feel a great reverence for the people of Punjab because this spiritual practice that I do was carried through their blood ancestors and is connected to that land. I've been on that land. I've bowed my head on that land. Um, and I do believe that all land is sacred. And I also believe that it's important that we say thank you for the aspects of our lives that have been carried with great reverence in order for us to connect to them. And for me, Sikhi is a big one. And so Punjab is a you know, very special place. And the people who I know who are young people now whose uh, elders faced all kinds of persecution in order for me to do this practice today, I am eternally grateful. And I think it's important to, to state that right out of the gate. Um, but what has happened is, is that there has been pressure uh, put on uh, farmers there to accept um, genetically modified seeds and to be forced to yield certain amounts of crops and to have pressure put on them by the Indian government, which is unreasonable. And this, been, this has been happening since the late 1960s. And it's gotten to the point where uh, people are not able to keep up with the pressure. And their suicide rates in Punjab are through the roof because people's debt is the unmanageable and they continue to have pressure from the Indian government and corruption. And, and you know, we, it's coming to the surface, just like in many other areas that a price tag or economic growth or the cost uh, of life, it's not about money. It's about people. It's about our relationship to the earth and it's time to stand up and say, we're not okay with this. And I think it's incredible that during a pandemic that some of the elder uh, Sikhs in Punjab, and I recognize this also affects other farmers in Northern India. Um, so I just want to be clear on that. I, I just see the elders standing up and saying, you know, our, our elders before us, our ancestors before us farmed this land. It's a very important. Guru Nanak was a farmer at the end of his life. And a, a reconnect with the earth is essential. And, you know, not allowing, like even what's, look what's happening with this pandemic, right? It's like small businesses are being forced out of business and everyone's saying stay home so that, you know, you can save lives. Well, what about the people who can't work, um, and are staying home to save lives and are wondering where their next meal is coming from. That's a major issue. 
the disconnect between the consumer in the supermarket and the farmer is a major issue. The disconnect of pressure from governments, like what's happening in India, and, and from corporate influence, disconnecting us more and more from the earth is a major issue. This affects everybody, not just people in a certain part of the world. And the fact that there are elders, 70, 80 years old, who are standing up against violence to say, this is one of the largest marches that has ever happened in Northern India. Millions of people saying, no, we're not gonna do this. This is a wake up call. And it's a wake up call, call for all of us. And it makes me proud to be a Sikh to see what's happening because there is, there is no fear of death. There's no fear of what are the repercussions going to be. It's, we need to reconnect to the earth in a major way we are not going to be pushed around by corruption in government and corporate spending. We need to get back to what is important here, and, and the corruption has got to stop. And, you know, the media that is also funded by corporate dollars is has, you know, making people out to be these elders, these Sikhs, these people in Punjab, northern in northern India, to be terrorists and saying they shouldn't be doing this. And it's the furthest thing from the truth. And this is happening all over the place. We are missing out on what is important in major ways. Even look at the indigenous uh, people of Canada and their connection to the land. We are made of earth. First and foremost, we are people of the earth. And may we connect more deeply to spiritual practices, to economic practices, financial practices that remind us of that. May we remember our interconnectedness and our interdependence, and may we move away from any sort of government or corporation that tells us otherwise. We're not for sale. It's not about that. We've got to find a way to get back, and it's a huge task, but a great place to start is to stand with farmers and say, we're not going to do this anymore. We need a shift. And I know it can seem like a lot, right? And everyone's going to have a different relationship um, in how they show up. Like, you know, grow a garden or learn to plant sprouts or go to a rally to support farmers in India or post about it on your social media or, you know, find a way to connect with indigenous teachers in your neighborhood or read a book or, you know, like, just do something to reconnect with the earth. And here's the beauty where Sikhi ties in for me is those three principles that we started with at the beginning of this are central to what we can do about this. Do a meditation practice on a daily basis to remember who you are. Do honest work. My friends, there's the most honest work you can do is connect with the elements, connect with the soil, connect with the water, protect the soil and the water. This is essential. And then practice generosity. You're watching these beautiful human beings in northern India feeding soldiers, the soldiers that are uh, causing them harm, feeding them, offering them water, not fighting violently against them, even though the media may portray them this way. And this has happened before in, in Northern India, and we won't get into that so much today. But that's the generosity piece, is that we all need water, we all need food. How can we forget that? 
we forget because we fall away from doing that honest work. We fall away from the wonders of nature. And when we do that, we're duped by Maya. We're, we think that we're somehow separate from one another. And Sikhi has been such a great reminder for me of how we are connected. We come together and connect to the earth. It is essential. And this is a massive wake-up call. And I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity in this life to be connected to teachings that remind me of this. Because it's very distracting out there. It's very easy to start thinking that, you know, there will always be a supermarket or um, that the government handing out money during the time of a pandemic is the overall response to our issues. We've got major issues environmentally because of our disconnect, but we have the intelligence to do something about it. And our ancestors and indigenous wisdom knows the secrets of the earth. And our spiritual practices know how to open us up so that we can connect and see each other for who we are. And we can bring great healing to our own lives, to our communities, and to the earth on which we live. And everything that's been happening during this time is a reminder of that. It's not time to hide. It's not time to, to you know fear death it's time to reconnect with the earth put your hands in the soil do the meditative practices that remind you of the wonders of this life support farmers use your voice for activism do everything you can to reconnect with the wonder with love and to be generous about it how can i how can i serve what can i do how can i do to, what can i do to make this better for everybody because we're struggling aren't we like look at how we're struggling but at the same time look how resilient we are and that's where the exchange happens like you know on a daily basis what am i letting go of what am i inviting into my life how can I be inspired by these challenging times? What is, where is the blessing in the challenge? How can I keep myself in Chartikala, in a PMA? And even, even on the days where you're like, I can't. I mean, I went through that. At the start of the, all of this, I was like, I don't even know if I can keep living up to my name, Tiaga Prem Singh. I don't know if I can wear the turban. To I don't know if I can grow my hair. I don't know if I can... Uh, help anybody i'm just going to lay on this couch and feel sorry for myself and as long as i don't drink i know eventually this will pass please save me help me you know i've been through that and then i had experiences like i've had time and time again where the grace of the teacher the grace of the inner knower has been like okay you've passed through it part of you had to die i know it's been hard now here we go again and just like i said earlier in the podcast both parts of that, when I'm strong and in my sadhana and when I'm showing up and when I'm serving and when I'm learning new technology and learning to speak and learning to be a better student and to listen and to be a better father and when I'm, when I'm in it and I'm the warrior and I'm standing strong, that is as much a part of the practice as when I'm falling apart. When I think, why would anybody listen to me? Why, what's the point? we're you know are we all gonna die is it are we doomed um you know and i feel my anxiety and my depression and my uh, temptation to go back into my addiction 
that's as much a part of the practice. They're equally a part of the practice. And I'm so blessed that I know that there are aspects of my life that can aid me in coming home. And that's like listening to podcasts like this, connecting with people who believe in me, who can really see me, taking time to rest, doing a strong physical practice, continuing to spend time with my guru, learning Gurmukhi, learning Punjabi. You know, even my friend who's teaching me Punjabi, though, when we have our lesson, it's not just a language lesson. It's connecting to the my spiritual ancestors. It's connecting to a sound that reminds me of the interconnectedness of all of life and why this inspires my heart to be bigger and brighter. You know, and, and we all have things like that that are meaningful. Playing music. I play guitar with my friend from downstairs. You know, we live in the same house and make music to inspire and lift each other up. You know, whatever we can do during this time, let's remember who we are. Let's remember what we're here to do. Let's remember the wonders of this life. Let's work in an honest way and connect with the earth and support farmers and support people out there who know the wisdom and wonders of this earth. Even when we forget, they have never forgotten. Their uh, blood ancestors have never forgotten. Their spiritual ancestors have never forgotten. Let's tune into that. How can we move ourselves into a place where us forgetting who we are, the connection to the wonders of this life, to the mother, to the creator, are less frequent so that we can actively do honest work to heal the soil. Farmers, that's what it's about. They know about the soil. They know what's happening on this earth. They know what happens when corporate greed gets involved in the growth of food. Let's get educated. Let's do something about it. We all have different skills, whether it's growing or learning or being an activist or telling stories to children. Let's go. It's time to go. And looking to Punjab and, be go and going, thank you. Look at the strength of these elders. If they can do that, we can do anything. Let's go. And that's where you put the generosity into work. And that's why it's important for all of us. And that's why Guru Nanak is so important to all of us whether you consider yourself to be a Sikh or not a Sikh. Are we ready? I know I'm ready. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. So let's stay in Charity Kala. Let's stay in that PMA. Let's work together. Open our hearts. And do this work to stay connected to the wonders of this life. Wahiguruji ka kalsa, wahiguruji kifate. Thank you so much for being here for this episode. What a great blessing it is to share uh, these teachings, these learnings, these reasonings, these overstandings with all of you. Um, I want to just say again, if this podcast means something to you, it's special to you, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends. Please think about becoming a donor, a sponsor. Um, any way that you can support this work is beneficial during this time. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week. You can always catch the video version on youtube.com backslash Tiago Prem Singh. Uh, subscribe there. If you're watching on the video, please hit the subscribe button. Share these with your friends. We'll continue to do this seva. If you want to become more active in the work we do, become a member of the Truth Seekers Union by heading to www.truthseekersunion.com. Dot ca and we'll see you for the podcast next week.